a place to not to sit but to stand because we're going to worship together. We're so glad to have you here this evening.
Amen. Well, we are so glad to have you here with us tonight. Go around and greet some of your family of faith this evening. Well, um, good evening, family of faith. It's good to have you tonight. And live streamers, by the way, it's good, good you're watching too. So if you're on live stream, say hey and uh, check in with us. If you have prayer requests, we'd love to pray for those. So go ahead and post those on the live stream. But it's good to have you here in the house in person. And uh, by the way, happy September 1st, right? Now, since my wife is not here to argue with me, it is officially the first day of fall. I don't care what anybody else says. We hit September. We hit 70-degree weather. Fall is here. And it's confirmed from the pulpit tonight, just so you know. And if Margo's watching, she's probably, you know, saying whatever it is she's saying. <clears throat> but she's not here to argue about it. So anyways, <laughs> I'm a fall fan if you didn't know that. So anyhow, it's good to have you tonight. Let's take up tithe and offering. Uh, if you have something to give, uh, go ahead and prep that on the chairs in front of you or the offering envelopes. If there's not one there, kind of wave your hand around and one of our incredible ushers will help you out. And uh, we appreciate your giving and your faithfulness and the dedication that you have to this church. And uh, we just pray that everything that we do is in good stewardship with your finances. Amen. Amen. And we believe that... Uh, all the things that we're doing, whether whether it's for things in the house or things in the community, that we're doing something some way to advance the kingdom of God with it. Amen. That's what it's about. So, uh, having said that, I'll just pray over it, and if you have it, you can bring it on down, Lord. Uh, another time in your house, and, and we love to get together. We love to worship and, and, and do so in unity, and we just ask as we give tonight, Lord, uh, that your blessing is upon us. We know it is, and your provision is always in front of us, always goes before us, and we give in a response and a worship to the wonder of the goodness of who you are. And we give tonight in faith, in Jesus' name. Everybody stand. Amen. Amen. Bring it if you have it. Um, just a couple of, uh, quick announcements. Um, uh, let's see. The third Saturday of this month, Sunshine Ministries back at it. Amen. So if you have questions, um, 
see uh, Vinny, please. And she does a great job of making this happen. And by the way, Vinny's had it over the last couple of years. You know, it's been so hard to, to navigate everything that's going on with the nursing homes. And she works so diligently to keep us involved. And uh, so she's excited about the opportunities coming up. So she did a great job. So see her uh, it's third Saturday of this month at, I, she told me, 10 a.m., I believe. And, uh, but of course, if you're involved in that, she'll connect with you, or at least if you haven't been, if you've never been involved in Sunshine Ministry, the nursing home outreach that we have, please see uh, Vinny, and she'll get you involved in it. That's a good thing. Um, another thing is, we heard, we heard a rumor that Miss Donna is moving. Yeah, so um, we're thankful for that. I think she's coming closer to church than where you were, right? Well, that's good, too. But anyways, uh, if you're available at all during this week, I don't know if we could help her out at all. See Mike, and Mike can give you some details. And I asked him. I didn't even ask you, Donna. So, um, But if anybody wants to help out, if you have some time, uh, see Mike, and he'll let you know the details, and we'd, we'd love to help out if we can. And then the other thing is uh, Tish told me that she's tired of the ice cream sitting around, so uh, she wants us to eat it Sunday. So when church is over Sunday, we'll break the ice cream out that's left over from the ice cream social a little bit ago. And we'll have that on Sunday. So those of you guys that helped scoop it out last time and stuff, I'm sure Tish will ask for your help again Sunday. That way we can get it out of the kitchen or wherever it is that she wants me to get rid of it. So anyhow, that's all I have. So that's a good thing. So nursing home outreach, helping somebody out in ice cream. What more would you want, right? So uh, let's get into the word tonight. Um, by the way, on Sunday... On Sunday, uh, by the way, I had fun last Sunday with the kids in here for one big family. I know it was a shorter, very basic thing, but uh, I think it's important we get our kids with us. So we're going to continue those every now and then in the future. Um, but this coming Sunday, we're going to start a, a Sunday series on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then next Wednesday, in conjunction with it, we're going to spend the month of September talking about the gifts of the Spirit. So next Wednesday, we're going to jump into 1 Corinthians 12 and that kind of stuff. And if you didn't know, we are a Pentecostal charismatic church, so we believe in that stuff. Amen. And we don't believe it stopped after the apostles. It wasn't just there to set up the church. We believe it's ongoing to walk in the gifts and the power of the Spirit today. So anyhow, we're going to get into some basic things about the Holy Spirit Sunday, but then next Wednesday. But I have scheduled in October, I think this... October 13th, is that a Wednesday night? Anybody have a calendar? Yep. On, on that night, is, it, is that an actual Wednesday? Yep. Okay. Pastor Dosick is scheduled to be here that Wednesday, and we're going to do a Q&A on the gifts of the Spirit with him. So that'll be fun. So we're going to spend this month talking about it. Then we're going to bring in him. And, and you know, he, he, uh, he's one of those guys that moves in the gifts. He's, he's got the gift of miracles. So we're going to uh, just have a Q&A. As a matter of fact, all this month, if you have questions about the gifts of the Spirit, write them down, get them to me. We may address some of them on Wednesday, but then certainly when he comes at night, we'll just sit a couple stairs up here with a couple mics, and we'll, we'll do some interaction. It may not even be a good live stream night, but we'll figure it out. So anyways, just that's kind of our schedule coming up. So let me, uh, let me continue where we've been on Wednesdays, and actually we're going to kind of connect into where we were Sunday. So let's go back to Philippians chapter 3. And verse number 20. We, we've been kind of in a roundabout way talking about discipleship on Wednesdays recently. Don't just call yourself a Christian 
live the life of discipleship. And there's a difference. It's easy to become a Christian. It's a whole other story to live as one. Is that true? We're not called just to call ourselves a Christian, but we're called to live the Christian life. Amen. And your task, how many of y'all are believers? Okay, so that's one question, but then how many of y'all are living in, in the best you can with the help and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit? You're living as a disciple. Let me see. Okay, our task as a disciple is really, really easy, but it's not. It's simple and in, in, uh, uh, just kind of throwing it out there, but living it. So we live right now, today is September 1st, 2021, and right now we're in Urbana, Ohio. Your task daily is to engage life as you are experiencing it in society as a disciple of Jesus. That's your task. And whatever it is you're engaging in life, you engage it as a disciple. You don't leave that off to the side and engage how you want. Your marriage, if you're married, raising your kids, if you have kids, uh, how you go about your job, where you work, how you interact with just general people you see, uh, family. Uh, we could go bigger picture in our country right now, the political divide is as deep as we've ever seen it, how we engage that. Uh, we're in the second year of a, a viral pandemic. How do we engage that? You can't disassociate yourself as a disciple when you engage these things. You engage them as a disciple. Right? That's your task. You can't say, I'm a Christian, and engage those things outside of how Jesus is leading us to live. Who you are in him precedes and, and, and transcends all of those things. And if, if there is not a marked difference in how we do so, then what's the point? Well, how do I nuance that? That's your job to figure it out. And you grow and you learn and you change. And we do it by being people of the word and people of prayer and the leading of the Holy Spirit, right? asking for wisdom, you should ask, listen, I know I said this before, but listen, you should ask for wisdom every day. Pray the scriptures, pray Proverbs 2.6. For the Lord gives what? Wisdom. And out of his mouth comes what? Knowledge and understanding. Pray that scripture. Lord, today I pray that you give me wisdom. And out of your mouth, give me knowledge and understanding so I can live the life that I'm supposed to engage the world as a follower of you. See, that, that's our job. So Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20, uh, we were there Sunday, we preceded Daniel and the lions, then with the kids with this verse. But our citizenship is where? It's where? Now wait a second, are, 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 all, are we citizens of the United States of America? Yes. But what precedes and transcends that? A citizenship that is where? In heaven. And from it we await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, these bodies that have been brought. My body, listen, I'm getting old. I just sent my last kid off to college, and I just realized I'm starting to get old. How many of y'all know that feeling? You know what I'm talking about. And my body has been through some stuff. I know right now today, 
at whatever age I am, I cannot do all that I did when I was 23, 24, 25 years old. I still can do stuff, but I can't do it as a young 20s, you know? My body is slowly breaking down. I've had cancer. I've been through some different stuff. My body's been through some stuff. But you know what? This lowly body, at some point, is going to be transformed into a glorious body. Amen. By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So in other words, turn to your neighbor and say there's always hope. Tell him there's always hope. I'm not stopping until you turn to your neighbor and say there's always hope. Okay, there you go. So our citizenship's in heaven. And we know that from there... Jesus is going to return and make all things new, which is that whole thing about the lowly body being transformed. We're part of it. But it's not just us. The whole thing's getting made new, and that's wonderful. But what do we do? It's it, the thing. So we have a home in this world, and we make a home in this world, and we make a way in this world, in a lost and dying world, while we know that our ultimate citizenship is somewhere else. That's discipleship. But it's not that we're so in such a big hurry to get out of here. But Jesus taught us to pray, kingdom come, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So while we're waiting for him to come, our job is to help bring kingdom here. Until what? Kingdom fully comes. It's not our job to, to, to hate everybody and, and, and hope they get what they get. I hope all you sinners go to hell because I'm just getting out of here. That's not our job. Our job is not to condemn. Our job is not to judge. Our job is to bring kingdom and be a part of God making all things new. Because he's doing it right now, right? It's, it's a lead up. It's prophetic working until what's to come. So we're making a way in the world that ultimately is not our home. But when Jesus remakes it, it's going to be our home. See, see what I'm getting at? Our citizenship's in another place. What it means to be a disciple is to navigate that. That I'm learning how to live the Jesus way in a fallen world, knowing this world is going to be made new at some point. But help God do his work until he comes again. So citizenship somewhere else doesn't mean we disengage from the world. We're not called to do that, are we? As a, as a matter of fact, Matthew uh, Chapter number five, justice, verse number 14, if you want to throw that up there. We all know this. Let me, let me just, let me just uh, read this verse to you. You are the light of the what? Wait a minute. I thought we're not supposed to engage the world. Our citizenship's somewhere else. No, we're a light of this world. A city set on a hill can't be hidden. Why would you light a light? And put it under something and keep it to yourself. But no, it's supposed to give light to everybody in the house. So we engage the world as believers, right? But even beyond that, are we not supposed to uh, work and earn, right? Are we not supposed to build families? Yeah. We do all these things in the name of Jesus for his glory. As a matter of fact, remember Paul says... Bottom line is, some of you are idle. If you don't work, you don't get to eat. Didn't Paul say that? Didn't he write that? Yeah. So we're not supposed to disengage or engage as a light. We're supposed to earn our keep. We're supposed to do all things under the glory of God. 
So I want to leave a legacy for my kids. So when, when, I'm, when I'm gone, I leave something for them. So that means that I have some money and savings maybe, right? But even before then, I, I, I want to provide for my family. So I want food in the freezer and the fridge and money enough to provide. Right? So these things are okay as long as you don't lose your soul in chasing it. Is that correct? Because you can actually gain the whole world, yet lose what? So discipleship is navigating being productive in society, being a light for Jesus in society, while not losing your soul in the process. Amen. So Matthew chapter number 6. So I was kind of leading in to get to here. So here, here's an aspect of, of discipleship that I want to hit. So this is Jesus, Sermon on the Mount, and he's uh, calling people to a certain way of life, okay? Matthew chapter 6, verse number 19. says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, nor neither thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body, so if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, then your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? What's that talking about? So you got to connect where the treasure of your heart is to what he then says here. So no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other. He will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and what? And what? Money. So wherever your, your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. There's a certain way that darkness can overtake you. So be careful you don't fall into this thing where you got competing God and money in your life. See how they're all connected? Again, I want to build a good life. As long as where my treasure and my heart is isn't in the wrong place. Amen. You see, discipleship is navigating a world. Now, American society, let's be honest. American society, a capitalistic society, uh, can turn into the rat race. Is that true? It can turn into um, a sort of this thing you ever hear, whoever dies with the most toys wins. You ever hear that statement before? It sort of can get that way. You can turn in trying to keep up with the Joneses. It can turn into life being about achievement, success, material things, accumulation. The American dream can be having stuff. There's a certain avenue of that. Is that true? And you see it. That people work so much to have, but then can't enjoy what they have almost. They work so much they lose their family trying to provide for their family. Right? That can happen. 
In other words, you can lose your soul trying to gain things. The treasure of their heart was in the wrong place. Now, again, I want to provide and leave a legacy for my kids. As long as the treasure of my heart does never get in the wrong place. And there becomes a competing aspect of God and money in my life. One of the reasons why you give tithe is to deal with this. You know that. So what is tithe? Tithe is, is 10% of your increase. So uh, if you have a job or, or, or whatever, however you gain income in your life, whether you find 20 bucks on the sidewalk leaving church tonight, you increased. We take 10%. That 20 bucks, 10% is what? $2. $2 comes straight out. And it goes where? Storehouse, church. Why would you do that? It's honoring God for your increase. It's reminding you, even though you had a job or however it happened, God ultimately is the author of provision. And also teaches you that money should never be your God. Ever. Because if you struggle giving your tithe, you need to question why. Right? Is that true? So, there is always going to be competing narratives in your life. Always. Discipleship navigates it. Discipleship is the call that Jesus is your primary allegiance because your citizenship is where? In heaven. And discipleship is the call to live that citizenship in a world that's competing for your allegiance. And your allegiance could, could be drawn to a lot of other things besides just money. There's a lot of things that compete for your allegiance. But discipleship is the constant reminder and then the nuance of living an allegiance to Jesus as my citizenship is somewhere else. Therefore, my hope is not in anything I can find here. Can you find good things here? Sure. So, for instance, my wife, do I think that's a good thing? Well, obviously, yes. Is there things that, that are, are beneficial to me? Well, obviously. But is, is my ultimate hope in all things in her? No. Right? Are my kids a good thing? Well, yeah. Beneficial, absolutely. Are they my ultimate hope? No. I, I've been provided for. You know, I, I've been working for the same group of people for over 20 years. I've had a steady job. I work hard. I, I've gained raises. I've been promoted a lot of different ways. But, but that income, that job, is that my ultimate hope? No. Your ultimate hope is not in anything. Your ultimate hope is what comes because you're a citizen of where? Of heaven. So I store up treasure in heaven. How do I do that, by the way? Storing up treasure in heaven. How, living the Christian life is storing up a reward. That's all that is. The, the reward of life to come. That's what that means. That I live the Christian life in discipleship, nuancing what it means to live as a disciple in this lost world and all the things that are happening. I live the Christian life with the power of the Holy Spirit, the, the, the help of the Holy Spirit and my working of the Christian life leads me to a reward. That's treasure in heaven. 
and I don't worry about ultimately what I can gain in this world that could be destroyed because it's not eternal. So you think about it. Anything that could be eaten by rust, could be tore up by a moth, or could be stolen by a thief, is not worth the trade of your eternal reward. Anything that passes away, anything that is not eternal, is not worth the trade-off. Store up treasure where? Your priority is not treasure here. Though it's okay to live a good life and leave a legacy here, it should not ever be in the expense of eternal things. And so often we end up changing, chasing so much here that we forget about this. And our focus is so much here, we lose sight of the big picture of what's to come. Amen. So this allegiance thing is so important. That Jesus has my allegiance above everything, above my political party, above my views on what's happening with, with a, a, a viral pandemic, above uh, my ability to make money, above my ability to do anything. My allegiance is where? Jesus. Though certain things can bring, do good things and, and bring certain levels of fulfillment, they cannot fulfill what only Jesus can do. And don't ever get them confused and overlap them and, and twist them up that you can't separate them. Jesus and the kingdom stands on its own and has always and always will. So my allegiance is there. What that allegiance does is that it should teach me and inform me then how to engage all the rest of the stuff. And I figure it out as I go. But always in mind that I'm storing up treasure someplace else. Isn't that wonderful? That we always have the hope of an eternal reward. Amen. So Luke chapter 12. Here's a great discourse. You know, Jesus... Jesus talked about money. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to throw this out. This may be wrong. I think, I think in the Gospels he brought up in money about 12 times, I think. 11 of them were negative. You think about that. Jesus broached the subject or was drawn into a subject about money roughly a dozen times, somewhere in there. And all of them were negative, I think, except one. Think about that. So in other words, what was, must we watch out for? That we don't end up competing with God and money in your life. Can money be good? Yeah. Can you use money for good things? Absolutely. Can money overtake you and turn to all sorts of evil in your life? Absolutely. So Luke chapter 12. Let's see where we want to go here. Uh, verse number 13. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. So a brother's apparently getting an inheritance, and the other brother isn't getting as much or none of it, and he wants some of it, so he wants Jesus to be the judge here. But he said to him, Man, who made me a judge or arbitrator over you? And he said to them, Take care and be on guard against all covetousness or greed. Now watch this. 
For life does not consist in the abundance of what? Possessions. The quality, now this, this is, again, we're Americans. Sometimes it's hard not to think this way. Ultimately, the quality of your life is not determined by what you own. It's hard for us to think that way. Is that true? I like to have nice stuff. I'll be honest with you. My wife and I, we don't live over the top. We're, we're not extravagant spenders by any stretch of the imagination. We actually, actually uh, are, are try to be very good with our money. We try never to be in debt outside of maybe, maybe our mortgage and a car payment, never credit card debt. We try to stay away from all that stuff, right? But at the same time, you can find confidence in that. You can find an assurance in that. Okay? And it's okay to be good with you. You should be a good steward with your money. You should be smart with your money. You should be a giver. Every unction of your heart to be a giver. But never fall into this idea that the quality of my life ultimately is determined by what I own. Is that true? Don't fall into that trap. Or else you'll spend your life chasing what you can own. And when you get it, you'll say, but I'd still like to have this. Or I still want to have that. And it's never enough, is it? You're always looking for something. So, so it's like me walking into Cabela's. I tell you, one time, um, so it was my friend Paul and I, and oh, Paul and Amy, and uh, Margo and I, we were all out somewhere, and Paul and I, it was either Bass Pro or Cabela's, I think it was Cabela's. We're going to Cabela's, and ladies went somewhere else, and I walked in there, and I thought, and, and it's not like I never go alone, but just for some reason that night just struck me. I'm in Cabela's without my wife. And I got not only my check card, but also my credit card in my pocket. This could be a very good night. How many know what I'm talking about? Because all the stuff that I really don't need, it just looks, but see, I really could use that. And that would really upgrade this. And wow, I saw that on a commercial on TV. You know, sure enough, if I buy this, I'll kill the biggest buck in the woods this year. I'm going to get that. And there's always that in front of you. It's like walking into Cabela's with a credit card. That, that's just not good for me. Life in general can be that way. Remember, if my citizenship is somewhere else, right? Ultimately, and... My treasure that I'm supposed to be building to be eternal is, at this point, still somewhere else. Then the priority of my life and what I think on and what I, what I meditate on should always be connected to that somewhere else. Not that I disengage from the world, but how I engage the world needs to come from that vantage point and that perspective. So when it comes to things I want... For instance, this church. I want our church to look good. I'm a stickler about it, okay? Uh, I want things to look neat. I'm probably over the top a little bit. All the stains in our new carpet, we're going to clean them. Now I'm going to read the riot act about the coffee in here, okay? So uh, we're going to take care of it. We're going to be good stewards of it. Amen. But ultimately, 
this is not the goal or the treasure. Does that make sense? We want to do good with it, but this is not the ultimate point. I won't sell my soul for this place. You see? So how focused are you on things to come? When, when you're chasing life and, and you're achieving and you're, and, you, and you're making sure you're providing and you're building a good life, and you should, make sure that's not the focus only. But I, I got my mind on things above. Because I can build a big, fat uh, bank account. I can have the, the house that I've always wanted and drive the vehicle I've always wanted and have, and have a couple million bucks to leave my kids and still not be saved. There's, there's a lot of millionaires and billionaires out there that don't know Jesus. It's, it's not where it's at. Right? But live life in such a way that at the end of it, when it's done, then the eternal reward, treasure in heaven, is sitting right in front of you. Right? Because it's hard perspective to see that this life is this right here. This right here on the scope of all this. It's this right here. Amen? So I have, I'll be honest with you, I have personality-wise, and everybody's like me, I have personality-wise the potential to be a workaholic. I'm a goer. I'm a doer. I never sit. I'm always busy. I'm always active. I have the potential to be a workaholic. I could find something to do all the time that I think is very beneficial and good and never spend time with my wife. Now that my kids are gone, I could have never spent time with them, you know. I could have lost myself in my job. Like when we were first married, I do, I do uh, my, my normal 40-week, uh, 40-hour-a-week 40 or more job, and then I work side jobs on the weekend to, to pay off some of my college loans and, and try to get ahead. It, it was always Friday, Saturday, working, working. I could do that. I could do that right now. But, but I've learned to be content something I'm growing in, to be content. It's not wrong to get ahead. It's not wrong to pay things off. It's certainly not wrong to work hard. You need to work hard. You should. It's good representation of Jesus and doing things unto him. But not to be caught up into it in the wrong way. You see what I mean? That you got... So, so that means that not being a workaholic Man, I didn't have as much stuff. That's okay. Right? But to do the bigger purpose of, of, of doing the best I can to be a good husband and a, and a good father and, and to be good in a, a, a community of the church, right? Again, where, where's your focus? Building up, storing up treasure in heaven. Doing the discipleship thing but not chasing the world so I can have things and keep up with. So, so uh, when my wife and I were first married, my, I took a job uh, out of college because I was trying to find a, a youth pastor job. I took a job at a, at a lawnmower shipping plant. I wrapped lawnmower blades all day and shipped them. 
fine job, okay. Didn't pay much, entry level, and, and Margaret worked at a, uh, uh, actually was a good job. She worked for the state insurance claim for the state of Pennsylvania, okay, so we had good insurance. She didn't get paid a lot, but our insurance was top notch, you know what I'm saying? So, but my first job as a youth pastor, part-time, I made 15,000 bucks a year. Ain't much. So it's what she's making, we're, we're clearing, we're in, in the low 30s, right, with good insurance. So we lived in an upstairs apartment of an old house. Literally, our bedroom door wasn't even a door, it was, it was like saloon doors. You know, it wasn't even a door on it, it was just amazing, amazing apartment. I could almost like jump across the whole thing, it wasn't very big. We didn't have a kitchen table. We literally sat down on the floor to an igloo cooler that we got for a wedding present. That was our kitchen table. We'd sit, sit down and eat at it. I mean, that's the life we were living. We had good friends that had it all, a house, a couple cars, brand new grill, but we'd always go to their place, right? <laughs> and the temptation was to keep up with the Joneses. I would have had to get out of my calling go get a job to make more money to keep up with what our friends had. See what I'm saying? Instead of learning how to be content that the quality of life, it's okay to have things, but the quality of life and, and the calling of God isn't always connected to what you own. Right? And by the way, they, they lost everything in, in uh, 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 foreclosure and, and uh, in debt. They lost it all because they went about achieving things in a, in, in a not such a good way. So I'm glad I didn't keep up with them because we'd ended up just like it. You know what I'm saying? So, so the point is, chase discipleship. Chase calling. Learn how to be content then do you really believe that God's your provider? Then he will. Right? And the whole time while you're building a life through discipleship and calling and following Jesus, you're also then storing up reward and treasure for eternity in what's to come. Don't lose what's valuable here trying to gain what the world thinks is valuable. Because all that stuff passes away. Amen? So, discipleship. Learning how to live the Jesus way in the midst of a lost world while keeping your focus on the reward to come. Amen? All right. Can we do that together? Can we challenge each other that way? Amen. Now, if any of you guys strike it rich and, and you're million, I, I believe that, that, that God does those things. There, there are people that are called that have the gift of giving. I'm looking for a nice tithe and offering from you every now and then, all right? That's, that's wonderful. We'll take it, you know? And there, there are people that are good at making money and building business. They're called to. They're gifted. So that doesn't mean somebody's a millionaire they did it wrong. On the flip side of it, you know what I'm saying? That's not condemnative. As long as, again, they're not wrapped up in their treasure and they, they've gained it all. Amen? All right. Let's pray. Close up. So what do you consider most valuable? I hope it's eternal things. What is your goal? I hope it's eternal things.
Where is the treasure of your heart? I hope it's placed on eternal things. Lord, Lord, we, we just pray that we're able to navigate this world. Help us. Give us wisdom. Show us what to do. Help us. We need you. We can't do this without you. I pray in the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we don't just call ourselves Christians, but we live it. In everything that we face, in every encounter that we have, that we're engaging this world as a light for you as a disciple that is living every day in the light of the revelation of who you are. Lead us and guide us all the way till you come again and live in the hope of what's to come. In Jesus' name, we all say, amen. amen. All right, so question. How many of y'all know somebody that does not attend a church, that lives, lives near you or lives in this town? Anybody? Okay. So you have a job. Invite him to church Sunday. All right. I've already invited him 100 times. 101 times, you just never know. I've never invited him before. Well, hello. What are we waiting on? All right. Let, 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 let's, let's start to maximize this place right here. Amen? For what we can do for Jesus. All right? All right. Good deal. We'll see you Sunday morning. Be blessed as you go tonight.